At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill these strict diets that are like keto or carnivore, people are seeing results pretty fast because they're cutting out so many things at once, you know? And they think that that is the diet that they have to live on for the rest of their lives. We need carbs. We don't need a ton of fats either. Fats are good for us. Mm -hmm. I mean, but carbs are good for us too, in my opinion. And from what I've experimented on myself and my kids, What is up, everybody? My name is Kyle Matovic. I am the host of the In Liberty and Health podcast, where we talk all things liberty, health and wellness, and beyond. My hope is to encourage and spread the message of liberty, physical and mental well-being. I hope you enjoy all the topics we talk about with our guests. We're on all major streaming platforms, so please sit back, relax, and enjoy. Man, I'm doing as good as anyone can do getting buried by his 13-year-old son on leg day. <laughs> I'm not going to apologize for not being on this podcast because I got to go see Metallica. So if that's a problem, kiss my ass. Okay? I am. All right. <laughs> All right, everybody. This is In Liberty and Health, episode number 188. Oh, man, I'm starting to nail these freaking numbers, almost 200 episodes in. Uh, anyways, I have uh, Sam from the Quantum Revival here with me today. She randomly followed me on Twitter, and I followed her back. I think she's awesome because I remember <laughs> seeing in her bio saying I, uh, something about carbs. I'm like, oh, my God, I love her now. So anyway, Sam, how you doing tonight? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Well, um, I guess let's uh, start off. Um, who are you and what do you do? Uh, I kind of do a, a little bit of everything, it seems, but I'm an ex-ICU nurse. I was an ICU nurse for 10 years. Uh, worked in ER a little bit, kind of all over the hospital. And just having kids, with, I had my own two kids with autoimmune disease and myself and just that fast-paced life. And knowing that they never really get to the root cause. And I literally had to take our health into our own hands and heal our, you know, heal my kids and myself. And then I just, I knew I couldn't stay in that atmosphere for a long time because it just was eating away at my purpose. And my Mm -hmm. purpose is to restore health and, and liberate people from that culture of just every, you know, every seal needs a peel and just this constant you know, turmoil. So now I just, I kind of just help empower people. I study herbalism, um, medicinal mushrooms are included and 
Um, uh, I, I used to, I'm kind of falling off of it. I'm not really making products anymore. I'm more so just kind of speaking and educating people um, locally and mostly online though. Mm-hmm. But I think, yeah, that's about it. Cool. All right. So um, one thing I kind of wanted to drill in on there, um, when you say herbalism, I think a lot of people who aren't quite into the health space, um, they may think that you're a quack and that you're crazy. And I'm going to be honest, I'm pretty ignorant of this area. So um, I understand that there were some trials when it came to like psilocybin and stuff like that, helping people with mental issues. And then some people bring up like the MK Ultra stuff, which I, I, I don't think necessarily, you know, I'm just not that well enough informed on it, but I'm sure there's some good and then obviously some bad as well. Um, what... Um, I guess kind of what was your experience with that and what got you interested in that and what convinced you that that works? So I know that's a lot um, at you, but um, I'm sure you can kind of make yeah. sense of it. You know, I guess if you, if you're like literally at your, at the end of your rope and you're, you know, you're chronically ill, you're depressed and you, this was me. I was very depressed, anxious, uh, working full time. I had two kids that were pretty sick too. And I just felt so like overwhelmed. I'm like, God, what do I do? Um, and honestly, I just feel very spiritually in tuned with earth. I kind of always have, but I, you know, that part of my life, I was very far from my natural state. I wasn't spending a lot of time in nature. I wasn't really taking time to really take care of myself, you know, sitting on the coffee on my phone is not considered taking care of myself. That's relaxing, but it's not relaxing. Like, You know, but, um, and then all of a sudden I was doing research, you know, I came across a book with like paleo diet and it was called autoimmune paleo. Mm -hmm. And then for, I don't know how it happens. You know, I'm just like stumbling upon medicinal mushrooms and I'm like, Ooh, reishi cordyceps. And then I buy this book and I read about all the mushrooms, psilocybin too, which I didn't initially try for a very long time because I was nursing and I didn't want to lose my job or anything. Um, right. And I don't know, like I was very, you know, by the book, I didn't want to lose my job. Sure. But, um, and yeah, I mean, I, I grew up, you know, in a small town and alcohol is, you know, a big deal. I guess it's right. pretty much everywhere. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so alcohol was your way to kind of escape and have fun. And that just made me more sick. I ended up becoming allergic to it. Wow. Um, that's kind of like off on a tangent, but I, I'm not trying to say like I, I stopped alcohol and now I do psilocybin, which I don't even do that anymore. Mm-hmm. I have experiment with experimented with it and I do think it has good properties, but I think it just like anything else, it can be overused. Um so, you know, if you're in, a, if you're going through like a really big, deep spiritual change and a holistic revival of sorts, mm-hmm. uh, maybe it can help you through it. Cause I think it did help me, you know, it helped me see things that I know, you know, maybe I had a block to, but they, these herbs and these mushrooms literally just show up when I felt like I needed them the most, you know? Mm-hmm. So I just, it's very much a spiritual journey for me. Yeah, that's really, really interesting. Um, So one uh, specific uh, type of mushroom that I've heard about, and I actually took it for a little bit, um, and I've heard it's actually a performance enhancer is cordyceps. Um, 
I don't know how much you know about this, but I remember, um, I don't know if you watch Mind Pump at all, but they're like the biggest fitness podcast. And um, I remember their guy who's been on this podcast, Sal Stefano, mentioning that Corsep's a performance enhancer. And, um, you know, so I, I'm guess, do you know any more about that and perhaps how that works? Um, I don't know, like, deep enough of it. I mean, I do okay. know it's it's good for endurance. It's good for stamina. I believe, if I'm correct, it helps with testosterone levels. Oh, okay. um, I believe reishi is good for hormones, too. But I think over time, it might can cause a lower testosterone. So you, that's why I like pairing the two. Those are probably my favorites. Um, I do take cordyceps and beetroot before I work out, and it mm -hmm. really gives me a good pump. And sure. um, I think I think mushrooms actually help with muscle growth and uh, you know muscle retention too, like keeping your muscle on. Sure. When you're taking a break, that sort of thing. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um. So, do you know anything about Tonkatali? I know that's kind of been like the new thing recently, where everybody's kind of touting that out as some kind of test booster. Um. I took it for a little bit, and I've heard other anecdotal counts of people kind of like their sleep going a little bit south. But other than that, I've seen mostly good stuff. Um. I, I can't say me personally, I noticed much of a difference. But I mean, I was just kind of like experimenting with uh beta testosterone and turkesterone as well. Um. I can't say e any of those compounds really jumped out at me as like the thing but either i'm not a responder or th there may be something else going on there um so i don't know if you have any thoughts around toncatalee beta alanine or anything or no, i'm sorry not beta alanine um, beta ectosterone or tricesterone either yeah i mean i'm i don't really know much about it to sure. like experiment i mean i at one point i did make my own organic pre-workout oh, okay <laughs> um, interesting yeah and I, so I had to test the ingredients and, uh, there was one that I was like allergic to, oh. um, but this had to be probably six years ago. And the pre-workout was called Ragnarok. It was so funny. Me oh. and my friend made it. It was so cute. We had a Viking ship on it, but it had beetroot in it. Um, it didn't have cordyceps, but I would love to add that to the formula. But other than that, I don't really know that much about all of that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No problem then. Um, so one thing that you kind of talked about there too, which, um, I don't know if I necessarily fell victim to it, but I know my wife did. And this was kind of like the first kind of like light bulb moment for me where I learned, oh, nutrition actually matters when you're getting into good shape. So, um, I'll try to keep the story brief so I can throw it over to you, but, um, about four years ago, I was 250 pounds. And right now I normally average around like 190 to 195. And I had lots of digestive issues and, probably what was depression but i was just never formally diagnosed so i obviously don't say that i was um depressed suicidal ideation a lot and um my wife i remember saying her saying that she believed she had a gluten allergy so she cut out gluten and then that was kind of like like i said the light bulb moment for me and then eventually i went carnivore and all these issues went away when i lost the weight so i don't know if maybe there were gut issues or if it was the weight or what exactly it was or if it was a combination of the both but now obviously i'm in a much much better place and much better shape and um you know obviously my wife has to eat gluten free so i pretty much like learned how to cook with coconut flour and almond flour um, so, uh, I guess what's kind of been your experience with, uh, autoimmune disease, because I, I know my wife it, it can be pretty finicky about stuff as well. Like even seasonings with gluten, just she'll be bedridden almost. Oh yeah. Does she have celiac maybe? Um, we believe so. We don't. Yeah. And I didn't mean to ask that on live. 
no, 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 that's okay. Yeah, I talk about it all the time. Not like her personal details, but the fact that she has celiacs. Yeah, my oldest is, has it, so that's why I was wondering. Um, so that yeah, was one of the first things that I noticed that I, when I started doing my own research, they were linking gluten to like psoriasis, you know, and arthritis in children. It's not really talked about. It's not. I mean, if these children were able to go gluten free, a lot of them probably wouldn't be on these long term medications that can cause infertility and um, they're chemo drugs. That's what my daughter was on, you know, oh, wow. and they take that for years and they're on steroids too. But anyway, back to like the gluten. So people get obsessed over cutting everything, you know, at, at once. And I will like say, <clears throat> if someone's having like a really bad flare up or something, yeah, you need to be really strict. Um, and I actually covered that on my YouTube video last night that I posted. Um, you, you can do a really strict diet to really hone in on that inflammation. It's called low FODMAP. Yeah. So if ever, if anyone's ever listening or has this issue, you can always do that periodically. And it's kind of like a medicinal diet plan in a way, even doctors mention it. I've seen on YouTube and other things. Um, and it's yeah. F O D M A P. They have an app too. So it kind of tells you what foods are low in that. Um, that helps with inflammation, but also I was going to, what I'm getting to is like these strict diets that are like keto or carnivore, people are seeing results pretty fast because they're cutting out so many things at once, right. you know, and they think that that is the diet that they have to live on for the rest of their lives. Yeah. We need carbs. We don't need a ton of fats either. Fats are good for us. Mm -hmm. I mean, but carbs are good for us too, in my opinion. And from what I've experimented on myself and my kids, mm -hmm. that just going gluten-free really helps a lot. So, and it's a sustainable diet, you know, you're not really missing out on a lot. There's a lot of options when you're yeah. just gluten-free. Well, plus, yeah, if you learn to cook, then it's really not that hard. Like I said, um, I can tolerate gluten pretty well. It, it doesn't bother me at all. Um, but my wife unfortunately can't. So, um, you know, like I said, I pretty much just learned ever since I started to cook a lot um, to just make the stuff for her. Um, so, yeah, yeah, like the low FODMAP diet, if I remember correctly, it you get rid of like onions, cauliflower, um there's some certain vegetables that for some people don't sit right. And I know for me, um, I don't know if like my gut adjusted over time, but initially, like I remember getting this churning awful pain in like my gut and like right above my, my crotch area pretty much. And it, it was just like this wrenching awful pain when I would eat certain kind of like vegetables. I don't really get that anymore. Um, I don't know if like maybe a low FODMAP would have helped that at the time, but once again, I went carnivore and a lot of these issues went away. But then when I started to like go off of carnivore, there were certain foods that would kind of trigger that in me. And it's like, man, this sucks. But over time, you know, I think I got adjusted to it, but I like how you kind of said you don't have to do these restricted diets for um, like the long term because I think a lot of people get stuck on this where like I, they think this is the only way because this worked. Well, no, I mean, if you lose the weight and you were successful at that, but now you're having trouble with compliance, which is way more important than whatever diet is. If you like it, um, that's way more important. So if you can reintroduce stuff, why why limit yourself? There's no reason to. And all the research is out there. You know, people who have a high intake of meat, fruit, and vegetables live the longest and have like the um, you know the lowest like overall mortality. So once again, why restrict if you don't have to? 
Exactly. Yeah. And, and I actually, I feel that way about veggies too, certain ones. And mm -hmm. I think we're just not made to eat as many veggies as we've been told. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of, you know, they have that protective coating and it causes inflammation, digestive issues. So just finding the vegetables that really you respond well to helps, you know, I kind of stick to the mild veggies, uh, green beans and romaine lettuce are my favorite actually. And then I eat potatoes and some kind of meat. So that's, but I do eat a variety. I love lettuce. I love cilantro. I eat a lot of tacos. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's all good stuff too. Believe me, my wife and I will, uh, we use Siete seasoning a lot. I don't know if you've seen that. They have it like Costco and everything. It, it has like this real cool looking bird on it, but they make a ton of gluten-free stuff and like a, stuff that would kind of fit in like yeah. the paleo sphere. Um, that's the stuff that we get a lot. And I just absolutely love that stuff. But yeah, I, I also like the fact that you said you don't need a whole ton of fat and you don't need a whole bunch of carbs because like, I think people want to fall to these binary extremes and like, if you're drinking MCT oil laden coffee with a stick of butter in it, you're you're probably overdoing it. Like you have more than enough fat on your body and the fat in your diet that you're taking in that, you know, putting in 30 grams of fat in your coffee, it's probably not helping you. I know. And I don't know. It's just kind of my own opinion. But when you're when you're still waking up, your liver is still detoxing. And. If you ever notice, like a liver diet is low fat, mm -hmm. and I'm not saying I'm a low fat dieter, but in the morning, I try to tend to be like I do my blueberry water mm -hmm. first thing to really keep cleansing and helping my body stay restored and, you know, nourished. And then I just have like gluten free oats and a couple eggs, mm -hmm. but I don't put butter in it. I don't put oil in it. So I have like a higher carb, low fat breakfast, but then the rest of the day, I kind of just eat regularly um and to me it seems to respond because even like when I was doing the paleo you know the the what is it called bulletproof coffee the butter you know oh, I did yeah. that and you could feel like a pain under your rib where your liver is if you do that for so long and you're already sick fat is like fat first thing in the morning is not what you need so that's my that's my opinion on that yeah, um, for me, like my ideal day is normally like Sunday because I get to get up nice and early. I make a real carb heavy breakfast so that way, you know, glycogen stores are completely repleted for your workout. And like, so I'll eat and then go for a walk or walk on the treadmill and then go hit my workout. And then after that, then I'll have my first meal with like a lot of fat in it. So that way, you know, you kind of obviously have protein and carbs first, but then like, you know, when you have fat as your second meal, then now that um, muscle protein synthesis effect is going to last a little bit longer because it's going to slow down your digestion because of the fat. So, um, you know, I really like what you're, uh, the way that you design your diet, because it's kind of the similar way that I do it, which once again, I do typically do like some kind of carby thing in the morning and then for lunch or maybe my second meal, then I'll get a little bit more fat in. Yeah. And I guess, and it, sometimes uh scheduling it around your workout that's good too like the carbs making sure you're having your carbs within that big window of the workout versus you know not having your carbs around that time i have a hard time doing that sometimes but mm -hmm. what's up everybody um we're going to take a quick break and tell you about the show's sponsors um we are brought to you by element t electrolytes 
I've been using this stuff for years, and what I've honestly found is that if I didn't have electrolytes before some kind of cardio, and sometimes even before workouts, that my workout performance, or definitely cardio performance, would suffer greatly. Um, Sodium is responsible for every single movement pretty much in your entire body. And let's say you drink a lot of caffeine, <laughs> like I like to do, then um, maybe it is a good idea, like I do every single morning, um, put some LMNT chocolate electrolytes um, there in your coffee to get a little bit more sodium, potassium, and uh, magnesium in your coffee so that way whatever diuretic effect you get from the caffeine is pretty much diluted by the fact that you put chocolate salt in it. Um, also, it tastes really, really good. Get some uh, chocolate creamer, hazelnut creamer, even coconut. Now mix that all up. It tastes really, really good. So uh, yeah, make sure you drop by. Go to drinklmnt.com/slash/inlibertyandhealth and uh, pick you up some electrolytes today. All right, guys. Thanks. Just because my schedule's kind of, it's never like consistent every day. So, mm-hmm. but yeah. <laughs> so did you have to go through a period of like low carb, or was that kind of just something that you didn't find necessary? Because I feel like a lot of people kind of in the last 10 years, <laughs> I would say definitely kind of came to health through like the paleo and now more of a low carb kind of perspective, which once again, I don't think is bad, but um, one of the people I've had on this podcast a lot and who you would probably really enjoy some of her work, uh, Tara Garrison, uh, she wrote a book, I think called do keto, but not forever. And I think that her idea is like perfect because she is like a low carb person. I'm like a reduced carb person, you know, usually like 200 grams of carbs a day and then maybe like 80 grams of fat. And right now I'm trying to lose weight. Um, I like this idea of once again, get your blood glucose in control. And if you're not that active, then a low carb diet is perfect for you. But like, don't do that forever because you're missing out on a lot of great, very, very healthy and good for you foods that you could really enjoy, but you're just not doing it right now because you're on keto. And like, you know, once again, you don't have to do that forever. Right. And I agree. And I mean, potatoes are very good for your gut. I mean, sweet potatoes are even more, you know, impactful, but. Um, I never really did keep like, I never did keto, but I feel like there for a little while, I probably was on the lower carb. I didn't mean to be, mm-hmm. I was just so, so sick that I literally was eating, uh, venison wrapped with bacon for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Oh, <laughs> and, God. and, but also I did kale chips. I would make homemade. Um, I would do potatoes, but I, I know I probably wasn't eating, like I wasn't eating enough carbs. And at that time I wasn't like, even in the gym, I wasn't like, I did the gym a little bit in high school, but I never really stuck with it. Sure. And then, so my initial goal was to heal. And then I got to where, oh, I need to, I don't know why, you know, I was just like, I probably need to lift some weights. I barely can lift five pounds, you know, and I know I probably wasn't eating enough carbs, but like I said, I was still healing and doing the celery juice and I was eating blueberries, but I probably wasn't eating enough. So yeah, I don't, I've never did keto, but I I do believe I was probably low carb for a little while. Mm -hmm. So you, do you um, deal with like a lot of sick people still then? Uh, somewhat yeah okay um so what kind of was it like for you uh, on the journey to get better because 
um, you know, you've talked about going gluten-free and then how you kind of focused on certain herbs and stuff like that to kind of get your road to recovery. And now I, I, you put up a picture today of you at the gym and you look absolutely fantastic. So clearly you've recovered and you figured out what to do. So, um, I guess if you could detail out a little bit of that and then what it was kind of like to also get a little bit more active, because we know that muscle is the most important, it's the organ of longevity. Yeah, the mom, I started working out at home, like I said, like I would buy, um, I would just do body weight squats, push-ups, and then I would do the five down, five pound dumbbells. I remember my kids, she was like super tiny at the time. I had her little pink ones for her. She was like, anyway, it was the cutest thing. Yeah. But um, once you start and then you see like, oh my God, I didn't know I had chest muscles right here. You know, because I had already kind of lost a lot of weight because I was so sick. And I was like, I felt puny. I felt, so I was like, this is starting to feel good. And then you were like, oh, I want to feel more, you know? And then you just, it's, and then I noticed, you know, once I started doing that, I wasn't getting sick. And I know that had a lot to do with diet, mm -hmm. but I know it had a lot to do with building muscle because muscle is good for you know, our immune system. It's needed. And then protein, you know, protein is priority, helps muscle growth, helps your immune system. And I wasn't getting sick. And it's been years since I've had to go get an antibiotic. And I used to live on them, like literally, oh, yeah. you know. Yeah, so I really like that you focused on protein there too. Um, I've as I've gotten older and as I've learned more and more about um, nutrition research, I used to think that the pro the obesity crisis could be boiled down to carbs at first, and then I believed it was satiation. And now I'm kind of like, there's a lot of causes, and I think it's like something that you said earlier, and that I kind of want to tackle with you as well. Um, we have alcohol at a ton of social events. We have a lot of social events based around food. And, you know, people are much more sedentary than they used to be. So like those three factors alone could probably make up a lot of the obesity crisis. Then plus um, the availability of hyper palatable foods on every street corner everywhere. And people just don't account for that. Um, so I, I guess um, what any thoughts there before I ask you the next question? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree. Like when I was. Uh, I didn't really drink a lot, but when I would go out um, to, you know, to relieve and have a date with my husband or something, I would drink, you know, probably more than I should. I have that problem too. Like, I just like, ah, I, I don't just do one or two, but I'm not an alcoholic, but I just was there for a good time. But I Guilty. noticed like, yeah, I was, um, I was just very inflamed, you know. I mean, it would take days to recover. I would have joint pain. So, yeah, I think that is a lot. A lot of it is what we're eating and how our lifestyles are. But I still think, even though I've given up alcohol, I still think it's doable. But you've got to be consistent in your daily routine. Um, and even prep before you're going to drink, like, sea moss and coconut water mm -hmm. before and maybe all night. And then the next day. And I'm telling you, you probably won't ever like really suffer from a hangover if you if you like prep yourself then kind of have a couple coconut water drinks throughout the night and then the next day do the same thing and and make sure you're not eating a lot of processed foods you probably feel really good oh. and help, yeah help your liver stay somewhat um sane 
<laughs> right, right. Okay. So one of the uh, show sponsors is actually Element right there. So you can see they say this box is salty as fuck. And uh, that's because uh, Rob Wolf has been on the show. And then, you know, they were kind enough to send me a whole bunch of Element stuff. So, you know, make sure everybody, you go get the world's best electrolytes right there. But um, one thing that you brought up there that's actually in a another brand of electrolytes I get from MTS Nutrition, who also works with the show and their stuff's right there. Um, they have coconut water in their electrolytes. Um, could you yes. elaborate on that a little bit? Because I really don't know much about it, but it's in a lot of electrolytes, and I'm guessing that's pro that probably means it's important. <laughs> yeah, it's it's got so many electrolytes. It's good for your gut. It's it's and it's straight like natural. You know, you're not just making a bunch of stuff. Sure. And I even know like people in the Caribbean that I've met or talked to like when they were younger they would have like a really bad stomach virus and you know and can't keep anything down but coconut water literally saved them you know oh, from wow. being hospitalized so just a little syringe feeding I, I really believe in coconut water and I love when uh, uh, people I love when companies put it in their hydration formula or in their pre-workout that sort of thing I think it's really important Okay, yeah. So MTS Naturalite has, uh, I can't remember the exact dosage of coconut water, but then also Relight by uh, Redmond Real Salt. Um, theirs has coconut water um, powder in there as well. So those are the two ones that come up off the top of my head. I know uh, Element doesn't have it, but they have um, more sodium than the other two, if I recall correctly. So yeah, that's real interesting. Yeah. Now, is there, um, do you know, what about like MCT oil? Cause I know that's a big craze. Um, do you think there's benefit there or do you think that's just kind of like additional fat that, you know, if you enjoy it cool or, you know, what are your thoughts? I think it's just a processed fat that we don't really need. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I might be wrong. I might be wrong, but that's just, I try to keep things simple. I, I have butter and olive oil in my house and that's all I use. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's reasonable. Um, yeah. Yeah, like I said, I it, it, we were kind of talking a little bit earlier about just, you know, people who go crazy with the fats. I see people who are just like, oh, I need the fats. I need the fats. Well, just, just relax, relax. <laughs> you know, that's fine yeah. if you get a little bit, but like you don't need to just go absolutely overkill on it. Um, so, um, okay, back to uh, kind of like your, you healing. So you initially went gluten-free, if I understand that correctly. And yeah. now what, like, could you quantify how much that kind of helped you out versus maybe some other stuff? Or was that kind of like it or, you know, what did that look like for you? Yeah, I think that was probably a lot of my issues only because I was eating so much bread and processed wheat, and, mm -hmm. which the wheat we buy today is not really good or we have here available to us. It's not, it's very uh, hybridized and manipulated. So um, I think between that, my childhood um, immunizations, uh, because I suffered with asthma my whole life and I was sick a good bit um, and I had joint pain. I knew those were red flags, but I didn't know why. And, and at some point, at one point in my life, well, for years, I was literally taking ibuprofen probably twice a day to deal with pain. Um, and that's a young, like that's 14 years old versus into like my twenties taking ibuprofen and that's really bad for your gut too. But I feel like it had a lot to do with my pain, my, um, fibromyalgia or whatever, you know, 
has, and your nervous system is just fried and it needs to heal. And in order to heal, it needs real food. So cutting gluten for all three of us was like literally life-saving. So I would say, yeah, it's, it's changed me for the better. Okay. So, um, do you have celiacs or were there like other autoimmune issues that kind of, um, surface for you? Because I know for my wife, I, I think it's like a pain in her stomach that she gets. Cause I know <laughs> if she has something that doesn't sit right with her, it, you know, if it's really bad, she'll say this feels like I ate something with gluten. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I totally, mm-hmm. I get that. Uh, well, I used to like, it was a pain, right? Where you're, sternum ends right there in the pit of your stomach and it just was like oh and it would come in waves Mm -hmm. I mean and I had a lot of gut issues too um I'm very open I had a lot of GI problems I had hemorrhoids I had uh bleeding when I was using the restroom it was very scary and I had chronic hives where like the hives were everywhere they were getting in my lips they were getting in my throat I couldn't breathe you know and um, I did post on Twitter a few times my, like half of my face would swell and, and, you know, the, the hive would get in my joint, my joint, I couldn't squat or couldn't bend my, my ankles or my shoes wouldn't fit because my legs would be so swollen. Um, and I know a lot of that had to do with gluten, but it also had a lot to do with my lifestyle and the other toxic crap that I was consuming and doing too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Yeah. But. I think I, I literally had problems from head to toe. And when I tell people I had almost every every symptom, uh, I'm not lying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So do your kids kind of carry that too? Because um, from, I don't think either my wife's parents or really anyone in her family has a gluten allergy other than her stepmom, who obviously isn't biologically related to her. But, um, you know, it's kind of curious how that, happens because it i don't want to say it seems common but um you know there's enough people that i know with it that it does concern me and it seems like in some people it manifests differently yeah and i think um but around like 1988 was the year i was born Mm -hmm. i believe i've seen a lot of people just get from that generation on it's just gotten worse like i'm the first one in my family on my mom and dad's side, I mean, anybody to have an autoimmune disease, especially as severe as I had, um, we had like strokes and heart attacks, you know, in our, sure. our older generations, but, and maybe, maybe one or two cancers, but not that much, but I'm the first one with autoimmune. Um, it was actually my daughter first, then me, and then my oldest. So um, I believe it's something to do with what they're putting in our bodies when we're born okay so okay yeah sorry to interrupt but um i kind of want to go down that rabbit hole too and we have to watch how um we phrase uh these certain treatments because uh when it goes on youtube they're very very picky about the algorithm so um yeah we can call it something but i I normally i normally run with treatments because that seems to uh go underneath let's do the treatments yeah because that's what they are yeah yeah right so um it's we're loaded up with said treatments when we're a kid and now they're pushing one specifically but um i guess kind of start with the ones that were given as kids now um 
the normie understanding and i'm always open to you know more information i just never looked into this is that okay well these things are well researched and they you know have a lot of science to support them and they're good for you so um you know that's why we do them now do i believe that i don't know but could i be wrong or could that be completely wrong sure now is there science behind it sure but does this mean that it's blanketly good for everybody i don't believe so so what are your thoughts on um all the treatments that were given as children then i think the science is paid science and the science that is paid is actually the pseudoscience and the herbalism is actually the real science okay. but they've manipulated you know it's it's part of the game mm-hmm. and i used to I mean, as a nurse, I was, I had all the faith in all the treatments because I just, that's just what you did. That's what the book said. That's what all the authority members said. That's just what the doctor said. So that's what you did. Mm -hmm. But just throughout my, my discovery and noticing that the longer I stay or my kids stay away from those treatments, the, the healthier we are. Mm So, I mean, and. And just, there are so many people silenced about it. I don't want to say too much because, you know, I don't want you to get whatever, but, um, <laughs> whatever, but, uh, and it's my own personal really conviction. And I feel like it's, sure. uh, it's God just leading me that to that and that path and, um, restoring health to generations because we, we have lost a lot in the last two to three generations just because there's a there's a war on food, uh, farming, you know, and I'm not just saying just those treatments cause these issues, but it's a combination of everything. It's mm-hmm. the control of the water, it's the big food, it's pharmaceuticals and that sort of thing. It's a combination of everything. Yeah, I mean, it, they really have robbed essentially the your birth rate to health, and that's the way I like to put it because. Um, if I could give people the feeling of holding 500 pounds in their hand successfully or running, you know, under an eight minute mile and the feeling of just being robustly healthy, I would give it to every single person on the planet. So that way they could understand what it's like to achieve that. And I feel like that's been taken from us. I do too. And people lose hope. And then they look at you and like, Oh, well you have it easy or that's easy for you to say, and they just literally shun you and you're just trying to help them. And I even told my husband today, it's like, literally, it feels so good to feel strong and lean. I don't think I ever really felt that way in my life, you know, and pain free. So it, it's life changing. And this is, this is what, you know, we're trying to save people in a way, you know, and help them, but can't, you know, you can lead the horse to water, but you can't make it drink. So just got to keep going. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I definitely try to lead by example. So you were yeah. also a nurse at one point. Um, when did you leave and what was kind of the precursor for you leaving? And I'm really interested in your answer because I'm curious if uh, certain dates and certain events correlated with that. Well, it's pretty funny. I mean, kind of funny. I'm kind of open about it because I'm no longer associated with anyone there. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I feel I was bullied for a long time at work, um, manipulated, abused, uh, verbally, you know, emotionally abused mm-hmm. by doctors or, you know, other 
people in the hospital and I'm not the only one. So I'm not singling myself out or victimizing. I've, I've watched there. It's like a hierarchy and you either, you either belong or you don't. And if you don't, then you never hear the end of it. And I, I quit in March of 2020. <laughs> mm, mm. So I had a few of the, I had a few of the new patients, you know what I mean? But yeah. I didn't have a lot all right, everybody, we're going to take a little break from the show real quick to tell you about the show's sponsors. I am now working with the great Stephen Fox to bring you Fox and Sons coffee. As you can see, I got two bags right here, or for those listening, I was holding two bags. Um, it is organically roasted up in Michigan. If you're a caffeine addict, much like myself, um, then head over to foxandsonscoffee.com to get yourself some of their fantastic coffee. They got a light roast, which I'm holding in my hand. Um, they have the Electric Boogaloo blend, which is fantastic as well. I just had it this morning. And if you're like me, you like dark roast coffee, which kicks you right in the freaking face first thing in the morning. Um, they have that for you as well. So head over to foxandsonscoffee.com. Use code Kyle, K-Y-L-E, to get yourself a little discount. Let them know that I sent you. And um, get yourself caffeinated, get jacked and tan, and do what you got to do. All right, guys, back to the podcast. Thanks. Okay, yeah, that's, that's fascinating because I remember um, – we can say coronavirus, but you know, once again, when you say certain other things, and that's when uh, YouTube will ding you. But I remember, and I share this every single time it comes up. But three years ago, I want to say it was March fifth of twenty twenty. I put on Facebook, I said I'm not scared of the coronavirus, and uh, every year I'm like, got that right, I got that one right. And, yes. Um... Where, yeah, where I got it wrong was I said it would all be over by May, and that was completely incorrect. Obviously, so, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was something more to, to do with that huh? yeah. or more to that story. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I always had to wear the facial covering mm -hmm. um, because I never would take the treatment, the yeah. flu. Yeah, so um, I, I was kind of used to wearing it, so it wasn't a big issue for me. Mm -hmm. um, but... It was so funny. I remember when everything shut down and I wasn't, I didn't quit yet, but I got three black cats on March 13th. It was a Friday. <laughs> I'll never forget. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the shit hit the fan then. Mm -hmm. But I thought that was kind of funny. Three little omens. They were like, do, do, do. Something's <laughs> about to happen. Yeah, I think my wife and I got our uh, Doberman Australian Shepherd mix. If I call him in the room, he'll start squeaking his toy. But um, yeah, we got him. I want to say like a month beforehand, and then yeah, the whole world went freaking crazy. So um, did uh, you completely have a exodus from the medical field at that point because of the kind of the treatment you were getting and you experienced there? Oh, there he is. Yeah, for the most part, oh, he brought his his toy. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, for the most part. I did do part-time at a surgery center. It was nice, but um, I knew I just wanted to get away from anything to do with mainstream bedside nursing. So, um, yeah, I mean, and I stayed there for a little while, but not much yeah. longer. Okay, yeah. So uh, the thing that seems to be popular now is um, more functional medicine doctors. So, like, one of the big ones that comes to mind is uh, Chris Kresser, who um, – he's real big in like the paleo community um he 
it considers itself a functional medicine practitioner, but I, I really like this idea because it seems like they tackle a lot more of the lifestyle stuff as to where, you know, the common set that you always hear is that the average person spends like seven minutes with their doctor. Um, that's, that's not a very good medium or, you know, amount of time to spend with somebody if you're really concerned about their health. So, um, I don't know if you're well-versed there or kind of what your thoughts are surrounding like this sort of decentralized move towards, um, functional medicine. I, yeah, I actually studied it for a year. Okay. I studied functional medicine for a year. I didn't, I didn't proceed. I didn't feel... Um, they are very good at, you know, discovering the root of it, but mm. I don't know, maybe it's just not for me. It's kind of seems more tailored towards supplement obsession and mm. I might be wrong, you know, that just, I mean, I, I don't take a lot of supplements and I feel like it's yeah. more of a natural thing. So that's why it, I've just decided to keep forever studying herbs and yeah. food. Food is medicine, herbs are medicine. I mean, we can study and do all the blood work and but if you don't ever really do the work, you're never you're never going to be free from having to take all those things. So mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of times people switch and they, they obsess with switching from a, a pharma pill to like a supplement pill, you know? So it's yeah. kind of the same like oh i gotta find something that's going to heal me no it's it's what you do every day and it's the food you eat that's going to heal you so yeah that's funny that a lot of people really don't consider that that they'll um they'll never consider all the junk that they're putting in their gullet day in day out but you know yeah. when it comes to certain treatments or anything like that you'll still see very obese people walking around in masks and i'm not saying i don't like feel for those people they're bad people but like you've had three years at this point to figure out how to get healthy and it doesn't take three years so you're complacent and what's got to feel for these people because there's so much information out there. There's a lot of bad information and sometimes it is hard to kind of find the truth amongst all the bullshit. <laughs> yeah. And it is. And it's even like since March of 2020 versus now, there's so much, you know, there's so much online people are, you know, they're trying to make money and I understand mm -hmm. and that's nothing against, but they'll, they're kind of flood everybody with, oh, this is best. This supplement company is best. This one's better. You know, this. And it's like, okay, well, you can like intuitively pick the company that's best for you. But at the end of the day, what are you doing? Like before you look out for any companies, what are you doing to better your life and your health? You know, you need to do, you need to be the core of it, not some com some company or supplement. And it's hard because people will start to think, oh, she's just trying to sell something, you know, and there's a lot of us out there that aren't really trying to sell anything. I mean, I have links now because I've actually grown and people are like, hey, I really like you. Will you help us? And that sort of thing. And yeah, I mean, and it's only companies I really trust, but, yeah. and people I know personally, you know, but it's not about that, you know, and if we can get like genuine people to follow other genuine people, like, hey, you know, I've been really sick. It doesn't look like it, but I have been and I didn't document it. So there's not a lot to show because I was too depressed and stressed to really 
let me take a selfie while I'm feeling like really bad. Yeah. It just, you know, but a lot has changed in three years, you know, mm-hmm. just from that end. I know that was kind of a tangent, but. No, that's okay. Um, yeah, it's kind of funny that uh, you said earlier, people will kind of look at someone like you or I who, you know, struggled with our health for a period of time and they'll say, um, uh, well, you know, you just have it easy now because I've gotten that before. Like, oh, well, y- you have it easy. It's like, you have no idea. I struggled. I jumped up, you know, anywhere from like 50 or anywhere from, yeah, like 30 to 50 pounds in a year for years on end. It wasn't like it took me, you know, a couple months to lose 70 pounds. I mean, this was the course of a couple of years. It took me to get to somewhere where I'm comfortable and compliant with my diet and find something that I can do consistently that keeps me, you know, where I want to be like this, this is easy. So that's why I feel for people and like, okay, you can, I was technically fat shamed, but I'm not saying that's the right approach for everybody. But, you know, there is something to holding people to a standard, but that doesn't mean, you know, you berate every single obese person you see that's wrong, but, you know, you should always be there to help other people and kind of find, help them find their way to better health. And we shouldn't try to kick the ladder out from underneath people when they're taking their first step up, you know? Exactly. We need to be there when they need it the most. And that's, that is the hardest part, you know, going from like your comfortable life you know somewhat comfortable even though it's full of pain to that that leap and that's the hardest part so yeah zero to one is a uh, quite a far distance but i you know one to two doesn't seem quite as far and then from two to ten is a lot less further than that and then you know once you kind of start compounding positive changes in your life then it's pretty easy to continue to make progress yeah and and sometimes it's you lose people that aren't you know on the same page as you or don't want to grow like you. So, I mean, it's hard. You lose a lot of relationships along the way. And um, so that's another, you know, another thing that feels, you feel like you've lost, but you end up finding people that have a lot in common with you and it adds to your quality of life versus just making you feel guilty for doing better than the other person that has the same pretty much the same option and choices you have so yeah it's like uh crabs in a bucket which is uh you know they love to pull people back in and misery loves company but uh yeah. oh damn it i i had the question right on the tip of my tongue oh when it comes to overly restrictive diets what i tend to find and what my personal experience was is that when people do overly restrictive diets for too long um, something breaks and typically that's something that breaks is their compliance and that com- that break of compliance looks like a binge at the cheesecake factory or the all you can eat buffet with absolutely everything they can get their hands on so um you know I, I guess how do you approach um you, you mentioned gluten-free but like you don't have hard or do you set hard rules around food because like I said sometimes it almost seems like when you set too strict of rules then something breaks so you know I'm curious about your approach there there's kind of a fine line for me because there there comes a point where you're like okay I'm being too lack you know too relaxed about all this and you have to hold yourself accountable but I'm not very strict on myself and like if I want to go have gluten-free pizza, I'm going to go have it. Unless I'm like in a cut or trying to build and lean out a little bit. Other than that, I just kind of listen to my body. But I I always say like if I'm going to go have this healthy pizza, even though it's like full of calories, I'm not going to eat like that all day long, you know. Right. 
So yeah, yeah I'm not restrictive, but I always, I do, I do enjoy treats and I don't, and my kids do too. I don't skimp out on that, on that. So I just think that you have to just hold yourself accountable and just, just keep it like random back in, just like, okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I joked when my wife and I got married that um when we were in Florida that I drank enough tequila to either give a full grown um, elephant diabetes or uh, kill it. <laughs> so but yeah then obviously right after our honeymoon our wedding and everything it, you know, it's like okay well now it's gonna suck you're not gonna be able to enjoy all the donuts and everything that you ate while you were down there but you know that was then this is now you're one meal off and you're one meal back on which um yeah. I, I think it's a mentality that a lot of people kind of need to carry is that like you don't hate yourself stop moralizing food just understand that you went off of your diet for one plan and it's not a moral failing it's just hey you're gonna do better tomorrow dust yourself off it's okay yeah and I believe like you need to work harder than you play hard you know what I mean I mean I that's how I, I'm like I gotta do seven days of eating good or seven days of reading and then I can go have a whole day to play at the creek or whatever so that's just the way I think yeah yeah I think that's pretty good you know we don't deserve we don't deserve a treat every day right <laughs> I mean yeah you know, we don't deserve a ton of donuts and alcohol every day. So, yeah. And then uh, you obviously see the uh, consequences of people who live like that. And it's, uh, it's not pretty to say the least. Um, so we've been going for a little bit now. Um, I've enjoyed this conversation a lot and I found it very, very enlightening, especially the uh, treatments um, that you'd kind of mentioned, not um, the, you know, those kind of treatments, but, um, you know, spiritual and then with, um, you know, different kind of mushrooms and stuff like that. Um, if people want to find you and support you and check out your work, uh, where can everybody uh, check that out? Yeah, I'm really liking Twitter. So definitely find me there. You know, Quantum, it's got two R's. So Quantum RR, but it spells revival. So it's Quantum R Revival. And then on Instagram, I'm at the quantum underscore revival. And um, yeah, and then I have the links there under each of those. So you can find my website too. I have a, a beginner's herbal guide that I have up. And that's about it right now. I have a few blog posts. And then YouTube is the same as um, Instagram everywhere except Twitter because my handle was taken already. But um, so the the quantum underscore revival at YouTube. So I'm going to start being consistent on there, posting educational, you know, seven to 10 minute videos about some kind of uh, over-the-counter medication or a chronic issue. And I'm going to try to keep it concise so it's easy to watch for the busy, the busy families out there. Mm -hmm. Nice. But, well, uh, yeah, I, I think more people in this space kind of need to do content like that instead of uh, all long form podcasts, because, uh, you know, the running joke is that uh, you're not a libertarian unless you have a podcast and we didn't even touch that third rail. But um, yeah, um, if you've got anything else, we'll uh, close her up. Yeah, I, I think that's it. I think I had something to add, but I can't remember. So. Uh, well, that's OK. Um, I will. Uh, if you remember it, just tweet it out to me and I'll be sure to retweet it. <laughs> we'll, we'll share that around. <laughs> Um, okay. Well, yeah, I really appreciate your time and hopefully everybody finds value in it. Um, hopefully everybody goes and checks out your stuff. Um, I think I'm going to, because like I said, this is kind of an area that I just don't know anything about, but interests me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And yeah, if, if you follow me on Twitter and YouTube, Kyle, like if y'all have any issues or like something you want to know about, 
I'm like, I have a lot in my head, so it's hard for me to decide what YouTube video to do next. So I have like a list. So like, if you have any ideas or anything you want me to cover, let me know. Cause that'll help me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Sorry. Well, yeah, I definitely feel your pain because I, I sometimes like throw ideas out there for like, Oh, what should I do a podcast on? And then I end up doing like a couple hours of research on some topics. And then finally, you know, someone decides what to do. So yeah, I, I completely yeah. empathize with that point. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate your time. And like I said, everyone, make sure you go check out her stuff. Her links will be below. And um, until next time, everybody take care. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.